Hello and welcome to the RPG Academy podcast. My name is Michael and we are back today for another episode of the reviews. This time we are taking a look at Everyday Heroes from Evil Genius Games. Joining me today as co-host is Tom. Tom, say hello to everyone. Hello, everyone. So I don't, I kind of lost the numbering on these because we've had a few come out that were audio, some we, some we wrote, some we did a little bit of both. I think this is 32, but I'm not really worried about it. It'll go out on the feed as the reviews, Everyday Heroes. Um, obviously, want to thank Evil Genius Games. They sent me a copy, a digital copy of the rule book, as well as the first two of their cinematic adventures, Escape from New York and The Crow. So what do you know, Tom, about Everyday Heroes? Okay, I remember when, so I'll specify this as far as for this review process, this is not something that I spent a whole lot of time looking through. I'm just kind of curious about this. And so I'm hoping to get some more info from you. Uh, But what I know about this is that I remember when it hit Kickstarter, I know it was really successful on Kickstarter, but most interested me was that they had licensed so many IPs for yeah. their special adventure. So we're talking, you meant it's like Pacific Rim, Kong, uh, you know, to- Total Recall, which would be crazy and Rambo. I don't know how Rambo RPG would work, but maybe I guess the Expendables, you know, I don't right. know. Yeah. So anyway, but that's about the extent of it that I usually avoid D20 licensed games. But this piqued my interest because of the the it's almost like they went over the event horizon for licensed ips they went so far around that i'm like oh interesting (laughs) yeah i don't think event horizon is actually one of the ips yet oh yeah it it may be soon i'll also quickly mention that evil genius games is made up of of quite a few long tenured ttrpg um, designers and writers and developers this is their first joint venture um, and essentially, from what I can tell, it's D. Todd Scott, Siegfried Trent, Crims Ramsey with Jeff Grubb. So those are the the four main names behind Evil Genius Games. These are old school. These are old school folks. Yeah, they've been around for a while. They've done a lot. This is their first crack uh, again as a as a joint venture that I can, from what I can tell, uh, they did send me again. They sent me digital copies of all of their stuff to review. So obviously, thank you. I was interested because it's basically framed as an action movie RPG. Like they, that is exactly what they are uh, promoting this as because all the IPs are action movie IPs. Um, and so being someone who's about to launch a Kickstarter in less than 50 days for an action RPG, action movie RPG, I was kind of curious to see how they tackled it. I will say off the top, I'm not sure what my expectations were. I'm not going to say they were low, but I I just wasn't really sure what this is or what it would be. And I was extremely impressed across the board. It it is definitely more than I had assumed it would be. Um, And even little things like, and this is probably my fault. Again, I'll I'll own that. But based on that, I knew these were some older tenured folks. I kind of felt like there might be a little bit of like a grognard sort of OSR, my orcs are evil vibe. Yeah. Could not be further from the truth. Across the board, they are very much upfront about safety tools and utilizing things that make everybody feel comfortable and recognizing and being inclusive. I was very happy and very impressed with that. But beyond that, just the rules of the game, I think, are very well done uh, and the adventures, especially. So 
do you want me to just start talking? Do you have questions? How do you how do you want to structure this? Today? I I guess really my first question here is this is a modern system. All right. It's, we haven't seen a lot of D and this is basically it's basically 5E. All right. It's almost it's, it's like 5, 90% 5E. It's, 5e yeah it's 5e they make a note in the core book if you're familiar with 5e you got it and then there's like if you aren't familiar here's what you need to know there haven't been a whole lot of modern games for 5e so when it comes to the rule set of 5e do you feel like modern works for it well, again, I think that's going to be your mileage may vary because there's lots of people that don't think 5e works for fantasy, like like people who don't like classes, who don't like the 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 way that you are limited and siloed into certain types of characters based off of those choices early. If you like 5e, like if you're like, I really like 5e, it's a game that I enjoy playing no matter how much you homebrew it or change it, but you want to play a modern game, this is perfect. Like I... I have absolutely no problem with it. Again, I was pleasantly surprised. Expectations were well exceeded. I like rolling D20s. I think rolling D20s is fun, not as much as the D12, but I think it's close. I like 20s when I get crits. I don't mind classes and levels. Like all that works for me. And I think because it is, it is so heavily reliant on the 5e that if you are someone playing D&D currently that's thinking about moving to another game, this is almost a seamless transfer, but it also has the same baggage that D&D has. So again, I think your mileage may vary. You, Tom, probably wouldn't want to run this game, mm -hmm. but you might enjoy playing it. What about, how do they handle classes then in this? Because when I think of, it's really easy within standard D&D &D 5e, you have this kind of predefined fantasy world that has, you know, clerics and fighters and sorcerers. But when you think about modern, there's so many different things you could do, you know, spies and you know communists or you could do you know first responders right. or you could do superheroes how do they handle classes so this is one of the things that again i thought was ingenious again evil genius is their name ingenious i think they they did some cool things here basically they've broken down the classes into two components that are mix and match in in a way so you have archetypes and there's an archetype for each primary attribute. So you have archetypes for strength, archetypes for dexterity, constitution, intelligence, wisdom, charisma. So you have heroes that you will pick based off of that. So like a tough or strong hero is someone who's a strength-based hero. You got brawlers, heavy gunners, MMA fighters. For agile, you got martial artists, scoundrels, sharpshooters, tough. You have bodyguards, commandos, scrappers, so on and so, so forth. So basically you pick which attribute you want to be your highest, what you want to lean on. If you want to be a smart hero or a wise hero or a charming hero. And then within that, you have those selections like duelist icon and leader and manipulator if you're doing charming. And that is kind of how you're going to define your class. So you don't have a wizard, but you have a wise hero. And then you have some selections to make if you want to be that type of character. And I think that is a very elegant, intuitive but yet different enough that it's not just here's a wizard by any other name way of handling it. I actually thought that was very smart of them. Okay. All right. So that, that kind of answers my questions about the mechanics then. Yep. What, what about, what about like fluff? How do you do, how do you do like story with kind of a, 
Is this like a more generic rules system? Do they lean so the, into a certain so, area more? So the core book, yeah, absolutely. This is it's, it's a modern game. You're playing in, in our world. There are a few little tweaks. I'll get to those in a little bit. But basically, you're playing the type of person that you would see in a straightforward action movie. So they are exceptional but not super powered. So I'm thinking like Sylvester Stallone in the cliffhanger movies or Rambo for a good example, because that's one of their IPs. Um, Arnold Schwarzenegger in Commando, not necessarily maybe Predator, uh, Bruce Willis in Die Hard or any of the Lethal Weapon movies, or maybe even like a Jackie Chan Rumble in the Rocks type of thing. So you have exceptional people, but they're not super powered compared to the world around them. They're just kind of exceptional. Now, what I think is interesting, because the core rulebook is basically you're playing, I think Die Hard is a very good way of thinking about this game. Now, they don't have the Die Hard IP that I can tell yet. That one might be more expensive. But that's basically what you're playing. You're playing a Die Hard type of game where you're a normal guy. Maybe you're a cop, you're a girl, maybe you're a firefighter, whatever. You're put into a weird situation. You're fighting terrorists, uh, gang members, uh, something along those lines. But there are a few sprinkles of supernatural super powered elements like if you get to the monster manual part of the bestiary in the back there are some like not cthulhu but cthulhu adjacent type of creatures like again not a elder god but actually there might be one of those in there too i'm not sure but you do have some supernatural elements and what they did is that's where all these adventures are coming in so there aren't necessarily rules from my memory there are no rules in the game for for magic there's no magic in the core rule book, but in the crow adventure, they introduce magic because there are some like rituals sort of magic that you can do if you're familiar with the crow movie. And I'm assuming when you, we get to Pacific Rim, we're probably going to have mechs and there's also aliens and dimensional travel in that movie. So that they might be introducing that. So similarly to how wizards of the coast has done this a little bit, like when they introduced you know, Curse of Strahd, you have some additional rules that are for that setting, or even in the recent Dragonlance, you have some additional rules that kind of help make the game feel more like Dragonlance. Each of these IP adventures that are coming out will add additional rules that fit the flavor and the tenor and the tone of that IP, including new rules for mechs or for magic. Okay. Uh so which we kind of mentioned some of them. Do you have a do you have a list of well, I guess the real question is, what are they they're 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 making this approach with these adventures? All right. That's kind of like their big marketing push. Yep. All right. Uh so out of these adventures, we we got sent the crow and what was the other one? Escape from New York. All right. Did you have a chance to look through any of these to see how well the adventure writing stands up. Yes. Uh, there's a couple things I want to talk about the core book first, because once we get through that, we'll probably be done. Um, as you mentioned, there is, um, uh, pu- 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 my brain just shut down. Oh, there's a, there's a list in the book of, if you're familiar with 5e, great, here are the differences. So here are some of the specific differences I want to call out that this is just from like a, a chart in the book. Defense replaces armor class. And defense is based on your primary ability score. So it's not dexterity. So if you're a strength-based hero, your defense is based on your strength. If you're a wise hero, your defense is based on your wisdom. So you don't have to worry about, well, I want to be a strong hero, but I'm going to get crushed in a fight. Whatever you're good at, that also helps you be good at defense. I think that's very smart. 
Uh, feats are a core part of the game. They're baked in. They're not optional like in 5e. Uh, and that's actually how you would accomplish multi-classing in the game. So you would pick up feats that give you the abilities that would normally be outside of your archetype. Archetypes go, only, go to 10th level. So in this game, 10th level is the maximum where in 5e it's 20, uh, 10. Again, I think that's very smart because most games don't get higher than 10 anyways. Like most of the Watsi modules go like to 12. And because you're not really dealing with supernatural, superpowered folks most of the time, it doesn't make sense for them to get that powerful. So I think that's very smart as well. Um, and skills, equipment, conditions, and all the other game elements have been adjusted to play in the modern world. It totally makes sense to me. So I say that the first 128 pages of the book is building your character. That's kind of what the game starts with. It's all you walk through building your character, all the rules around character creation. Uh, so basically a first third, maybe even a little bit more, is just on building your character. There's 48 pages of equipment. I very quickly browse through that because I, I don't even do that in 5e. I don't really care. If, if I'm going to go buy a sword, I'll look up then. But it's got all the stuff you would expect in a modern equipment section. Armor, weapons, rocket-propelled grenades, you know, guns, knives, all that kind of good stuff. Um Page 203 is where we start getting into the rules of the game outside of character creation. So we have all your stuff you expect on how to do skill checks, um, how to run combat, miscellaneous rules. They have a section on chases and vehicles because that's a big thing in a lot of action movies. You have, you know, you're driving through the streets of San Francisco and your hot rod and your, you know, um, the Italian job, you're driving a Mini Cooper through the sewers of France, whatever the case may be. Um, and then the very last section is mastering the game. It's basically how to build adventures, how to adjudicate the rules from the DM standpoint. So that's all the, the core rule book. I don't remember exactly the page count, but it's, uh, I think it's about 300 or so, somewhere in there. Okay. So as an action movie junkie, part of the reason why Action 12 Cinema is going to exist, I love action movies. So I was very curious about how they were going to do this too. Because like you said, they're really hanging their hat on, hey, we have all these IPs and we're going to have all these movie style adventures that come out. Pacific Rim, Kong Skull Island, Highlander, New Escape from New York, The Crow, Universal Soldier, Total Recall, and Rambo. Those are all the ones that are scheduled to come out this year. And I'm like, well, how do, how do you do that? Well, the obvious answer and the smart answer is exactly what they did you're not playing the movie. You're playing a game in the world the movie was in. So like, if you're familiar with Escape from New York, it's an early 80s movie, 81, stars Kurt Russell as Snake Plissken. Uh, it's an alternate future, which I think now is the past because we're in 2023, where New York is essentially a penal colony. I think there was like a, something happened there. They just walled a big wall all the way around New York and it's an entire, like, there's no guards. You just, you get put in there and you, you figure it out. And in the movie, uh, the president of the U.S. has a plane issue. Plane goes down right in the middle. He's trapped inside this place. It's a no man's land. He's going to die. So Snake Plissken is basically forced to go in there and get him out. So the adventure is a prequel to the movie where a similar situation happens, except rather than the president going down, I think it's like um, nuclear codes or something, like uh, information that if it got to the wrong hands could be detrimental to the U.S. So similar setup, you and your band of heroes are forced to go into this place and get in, get out a certain amount of time. 
if you're familiar with the movie, they've got set up like there's even like a map that you follow that will take you through some of the same areas of the movie. You'll interact with some of the same gangs, not necessarily the same people, I don't think. But it was just really well done. It's like, obviously, you can't play the movie. That would be boring. So how do you do that? Will you just put us almost an exact sort of parallel to that movie? So if you like the movie, you get to be your own version of Snake Plissken. And I thought, again, the adventure, I was impressed with how it works. There's a lot of setup that's like, this is what's going on. Now you're there because you know you couldn't do that in like session zero or session one. The player's like, yeah, we're not going into New York. Screw that. I'm going to yeah. go over here. So the move, the game starts with you're going into New York, introduce your character type of thing. I just, every time, like, again, do I have to read every word of the adventure? No, of course not. I wouldn't do that even if I was going to run it. But everything that I read, I was like, this is so smart. This is, this is exactly how this should have been done. If you're going to make this type of adventure, this is exactly how, how you do it. Across the board, I was impressed. I think it's interesting, too, because I personally wouldn't want to run a modern game. But I like the I actually kind of like this this compartmentalized approach that they took to it. And you can kind of it's these are I mean, there are action movies, but they got different. There's different vibes, you know, yeah, exactly. The, Everyone's a vibe. The Crow is not Rambo at all. So I like the idea, like if I wanted to run, you know, a Rambo game, I could just get this Rambo book. Right. Like that's and it's going to give you an adventure, but it's also going to give you what you need to create a world of Rambo. Now, the first Rambo was very much America, rural America, not, you know, uh, he was a Vietnam vet treated very poorly. Uh, But like the crow, for example, they introduced magic in the crow adventure. You essentially you have this um, mythology about souls that are brought back to our world by crows which is why where the movie comes from so you're not playing eric draven's story you are playing a game in which that world exists and there are multiple crows like like you can play the game where every character is someone brought back and you have like a mission together that you have to accomplish to to free yourself or you could play a mixture so you might be a, a cop in this world who very similar to the movie gets kind of gets caught up in the supernatural adventure um there's also, there are multiple spirits that can be brought back or can bring people back. It talks a little bit about that mythology. Uh, it's been a long time since I've watched The Crow. I remember liking it quite a lot. The probably most famous for the tragedy that led to uh, Brandon Lee's death. But if you're, if you think The Crow is like a cool vibe, then this adventure gives you everything you need to build your own game with that vibe using 5e as a blanket, as a template for modern rules. Again, I'm going to say it again, super impressed. I think that's exactly the smart way to go about doing it. And I think the execution was there as well. I am so, again, had, I won't say I had low expectations. I had no expectations. I'm so impressed with this game. I, I actually now want to run one of these adventures because it's, because it's based on 5e. I could run it easily. I don't have to relearn a whole system. Yeah. I just, you know, basically it's the same thing. I, I'm impressed. I'm very impressed with this. So yeah. uh, so much more than I would have expected. There's definitely um, an element to it. I could see these working really good for a streamed game because the adventures themselves are only like 100 pages. These aren't like super long campaigns. These are like no. four to five sessions max. Yeah. So 
and also like you could be like, yeah, we're running Escape from New York stream. Like that would be kind of cool. I will say this. Uh, there is me putting on my hater hat. Yep, um, there is it. this element of cheapness to it in the sense of, I don't know how to say this. It's It would have been cool to see uh, some more trade dress continuity between these in the sense of even though each one of these games are part of the everyday heroes system if you look at the covers to them they all look like different games it's they just do so there's 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 a a certain level of unpolishedness to it especially when me myself i'm comparing these to looking at other licensed stuff and i think if you want to look at games that have been licensed for movies the big one to look at is three league and what they've been able to do with their licenses because you think about it you've got blade runner now and alien which are similar to similar time period as these all right but what they've been able to do is still keep the essence of the meat the ip but kind of bring up the design the visual design of it to a more modern standard whereas mm-hmm. these definitely feel like it's you know if a rambo game was made in the 80s or 90s you know that this is that like it's not there isn't any it doesn't feel like there's any sort of modern visual design principles that have been designed to but basically brought to these designs right so just something I noticed. I am curious to see uh, they have they created a subscription model to this, like a season yeah. pass, and it's honestly 130 bucks was the Kickstarter price, and you got all eight of these modules, and they were all shipped. You know, it's like every three months or something right. like that over the next two, which I think is cool because one of the things that I think is what I'm always looking for in the tabletop RPG industry is different ways of monetization and not just doing the $40 or $50 core book, but seeing interesting ways that these companies are doing that. And one thirty for eight bucks is honestly not a bad price. So if you like the game and this is definitely something you want to run, then no, that's not bad at all. 130. That's essentially that's two and a half Watsy books. Um, mm-hmm. You know, maybe three of some of the other big games are getting eight adventures. Each adventure is going to take you because they do suggest session zeros. Um, I think the, the two I looked at were they were thought of to be like one to three sessions. Now, your group is going to, you know, you may have a group that's very straightforward and they get through it faster. You may have a group that really likes to meander and role play and dig into the NPCs, you know, and they'll they'll extend it. But more than like, because these aren't really campaigns. So like every three months, you're going to be ready for a new adventure. I think it's, I think it's an interesting model. Um, I did not back the Kickstarter. And part of it was I, I, I didn't think that subscription model made a lot of sense. Now that I see the other side of it, I actually think it does. Yeah. So, if, yeah. I, if I were doing this, I wouldn't get this. Me personally, I wouldn't do the subscription model just because there's some of these that I don't really care for but like as far as the ones that really stick out to me i would think it would be really cool to do like a a rambo game set in 
middle America, like the first one, I think that would be kind of fun and kind of really cool to do or total recall. Cause you know, I'm a big fan of total recall. So yeah. I think those two for me really like, Oh, that may be kind of fun to run. I think Pacific Rim is a terrible movie and I hate it, but I think it'd be a wonderful game to play in like a big mech versus aliens. Like that's, that sounds cool. And then Universal Soldier. I mean, I was exactly the right age. I was into martial arts. I love Van Damme. Like Universal Soldier is a, you know, a keystone memory for me seeing that movie in the theater. I think that's an awesome. And again, that's the one that starts to borderline supernatural because you're soldiers that are basically your super soldiers in, in a way. Um, so yeah, I think I'm a believer. I, uh, I absolutely so impressed with this. I hate the art in the core book. I don't like it at all. I literally do not like it at all. I don't think there was one image in the core book that I was like, oh, that's cool. They're all sort of almost like water colored, washed out action movie stuff. But I just, it did not work for me at all. There's a lot of like graphic stuff, you know, like the weapons and stuff. That's fine. But yeah, just the, the art itself, not a fan at all. It's weird. The art is definitely like, um, here we go. This is how I describe the art. If you, you know what, you know, wiki, how, you know, how wiki, how has like the, the different people talking to each other or like doing these actions. You know what I'm talking about? I do not. You do not. All right. Look up, go to wikihow.com and you'll see, and everybody's listening to this other than Michael knows exactly what I'm talking about. And that is, that's the art it's, I've been kind of talking. Yeah, it's one of those things. Five uh, E Watsi is guilty of this too, where they don't get a single artist or don't have clear art direction. So all the you'll you you scroll through this and there's like ten different styles of art. So it all just kind of feels mishmash. Mm-hmm. And they they do it. Everyday Heroes does this. The Watsi books are notorious for doing it. They're a little better on their adventures, but it's yeah, no, totally get what you're saying there's some 3d art for like items and stuff that doesn't mesh with the 2d art yeah anyway but yeah overall expectations were exceeded i actually do want to play a game uh in this system i don't think the, actually the for the core book i think it does have a sample adventure i was thinking about going to run in that for our sample adventure stream uh because it's it would be such an easy conversion because it's basically 5e and I'm going to say overall, I'm going to give this a B plus. Uh, okay. The art definitely brought it down some. It is 5E, good and bad. Uh, so I don't feel like I can justifiably give it an A, but it was so much more than I was expecting that, uh, yeah, I think B plus is where I want to go with this. And uh, that's that's across the board for the core rule book and the two adventures that I have. Um, if I get additional adventures, review them separately. But uh, for me, this is definitely something if, if you like, the idea of playing like a modern game. I think this is the one I would suggest. I, I know there's some other hack version. There's a D20 modern, which I think is based off the OGL, but not 5E specifically. I know Fantasy Age has an age version that's modern. But if I was going to play the, a game, I think this is the one I would tell you to get. Okay. Well, all right. So now we have to talk about the elephant in the, ro- the room before we jump off of here. Do we is that? Do we what's have, that? We, do have we have to. to- we have to, because I'm curious to see, we just got to mention it. This game does use the OGL 1.0. All right. You all know that controversy. But the thing that I'm curious to see is how they go about because they have a year long subscription model. Right. So I'm, I think this is a good 
this is a good game to watch. All right. Only in the sense of like, from like uh trying to stay it's on like a weather vane we're gonna is. see we're gonna see how things are going based off what they do don't do can do can't yeah exactly because these are because the other thing is these are old school guys they have been in the industry for a long time they know the ogl by the back of their hand they know the intricacies of watsy all right so i think for sure i think this is going to be like you said a weather vane to see what they do and what Watsi does, because if a company like this, because this made like close to four hundred thousand on Kickstarter, so it's now this is this made good money. So if Watsi doesn't bug the them and they are able to continue with the release trajectory of these adventure modules, I, I'm just what does that say about all this controversy? So it'll be interesting. Yep. So once again, Evil Genius Games, thank you so much. You have a convert here to your game. I really appreciate you sending me the copies and please keep sending them. I would really like to get the Highlander one and, and Universal Soldier specifically. All right. So any final words from you, Tom, before we go? Uh, no, I think, you, I think you covered it pretty well, Michael. All right. Well, thank you for joining me as co-host. Uh, and just remember, oh, actually, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, yeah, yes. You can find me at Bezcar Tom on twitter that's mandalorian metal tom on twitter current tweets are all about the ogl Uh, all right and my cat so there you go fantastic uh you can find me of course at the rpg academy you can email the show smallville (laughs) i went to smallville fancast you can email the show the rpg academy at gmail.com if you have a game you would like us to review either it's one you yourself have created or there's just one you like that you think should get more exposure let us know no promises. But if you send us a copy, there's a good chance we'll get around to reviewing it. Um, unless we just don't like it, then we don't talk about it. Uh, don't forget our Discord. Again, my favorite little corner of the internet. So if you want to join us there to send me a quick email. Um, I haven't plugged reviews in a while. Honestly, it's been almost like eight months since our last review on the RPG Academy. I still check it every single day. And we have a new one. But right now, there's no reviews populated. It's just a rating. But there's like a 24-hour delay between noticing the numbers change and then getting the review. So I'm still in that nebulous Schrodinger's cat situation if there's a new review or not. But even if it's just a star, thank you. Whoever kind person that was that gave us a star rating, that's really cool. Reviews are a little bit better, but I'm not going to be complaining. Emails just saying, hey, I like the show. That's fun too. Um, So that would be great. So with all that said, just remember, if you're having fun, you're doing it right. Thanks. We'll see you next time.